Hey, BA fam, this episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This has been requested by none other than Mandy herself. Hey, hey, hey. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're back. We're brown. We're back. And we're ambitious. Welcome to Brown Ambition, y'all. It's like the title says. <laughs> brown <laughs> Ambition. Check and check. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, how are you? How is your week going? It's going good. Um. The weather has finally broken, I'm hoping, and... It's been nice. Like, I don't know. Like at night, I'm always like, do do I turn on the heat still? Because I always wake up freezing, but during the day, it's really warm. So I'm just excited because I'm just looking forward to like a nice spring summer. I know. Today, I wore sandals and a sundress. It was like, it's like the good weather followed me home from Savannah. Yeah. Yeah, it was that kind of weather. And it was freaky because I was like, wait, do I trust it? Or is it like at three o'clock going to turn ugly? You know, because New York is moody. Yes, very. Sidebar, I had such good sushi for lunch today. I know it's so random, but like I just had a flashback. I was like, oh, that was so good. I have food. (laughs) I too have food flashbacks. I respect that. I know how that feels. Like I'm still thinking about this dinner I had at this Cuban restaurant in Hoboken like maybe six weeks ago. I'm like, damn, that sea bass was good. (laughs) (laughs) That's like when we had our Brown Ambition one year anniversary and we had it at um, Pio Pio. Oof, food. Yummers. Mm-hmm. Oh, sidebar. Today's my anniversary. So many sidebars. Um, congrats. I, I, I for, and I forgot. So Superman came into the room. Meanwhile, it's like four. And I'm like laid out in the bed. Like he's like, hey, somebody forgot a special day. I'm like, it's, I'm thinking in my head, okay, his birthday is August 3rd. <laughs> and I'm looking at him. What is he talking about? Then he started singing, Do you know what today is? I was like, Ah, it's my anniversary. <laughs> and he was like, You forgot. <laughs> But oh, technically, do you keep celebrating it after you get engaged? Because we kind of stopped. Yeah, because I'm like, it doesn't really, I mean, meanwhile, how we came up with it was so whack because I remember we were dating and, you know, I kind of was like, so, you know, what are we doing? You know, I, I'm looking for something more serious. And he was like, oh, you know, you know, I, I am too. But, you know, at the time we were both kind of like dating, not just each other, but mostly just each other. So he was like, well, can you give me till April 11th to clean up my mess? And I was like, so now that's that's our anniversary. So I'm what? like, uh, forgive, <laughs> forgive me for not remembering such a romantic occasion. Um, what is this yeah, mess? So- the mess of the trail of broken hearts he would leave in his, yeah, in his, in his wake? <laughs> I'm like, guys are so extra because all I had to do was make a phone call and be like, yeah, so, you know, we're just friends now. And I'm like, what do you have to clean up? But anyway, so that's how uh, the 11th was chosen. So I'm like, you know what? It's not all that special to me. Um, but it's a shame because I don't remember dates. He remembers the day we got engaged. I'm not going to lie. I don't. It was in October sometime because that's my birthday. Um, um, but I came here hmm. from a nap and I saw flowers on the table. And I was like, oh, my God, whose flowers are these? He just looked at me like Tiffany. I was like, I mean, yes, thank you. <laughs> Today? Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, it was really sweet. It's also my best friend Vivian's birthday, so I got to give her a little shout out. Uh, and she's hey, also one of my. Oh, go ahead, shout out, commence. Hey, Viv. <laughs> <laughs> so she was one of my bridesmaids. So I felt like I really didn't want to forget her birthday. So I bought her something like I don't know, like three or four weeks ago, and I had it delivered. Um, it arrived like over I think the time I was away, and I I I 
totally forgot that I bought I bought her something. Like, did that have happened to you? Like, I ordered it. Yeah. I had a plan, and then I she mentioned it or something like during the weekend, and I was like, holy crap, I forgot about her birthday. I was like, what am I gonna do? What can I get her? What does she like? Man, hmm, I like these earrings. Wait, and it just took me forever to remember that I already bought her something. Like, that's I had like wedding brain. Um, well, so. I swear she was surprised, like, oh my gosh. Well, I haven't given it to her yet because I think she needs a, oh. I think she needs a little break from me, so I'm giving her a few days. <laughs> but then I'm gonna lure her, lure her with a treat to come get her present, and then like just so I can hang out with her some more. But um, I try, you know, you try. I think it's important. I think birthdays are nice. I, I think it's nice to give birthday gifts because no one really does it when you're a grown up. It's like, let me take you for a yeah. drink and let me, you know, take you to lunch. But it's I don't know. I think it's sweet to get a little present. So that's happening. So this is a special episode, right? Because of Brown Ambition, we're going to be doing some Q&A. This is the episode you've all been waiting for, because if you have been sending your question in, you're like, man, why haven't they read my question yet? They suck. They don't They don't tell the truth. <laughs> they, <laughs> they didn't pick my question. I'm giving up. Um, this, this, this show is for you because I am cleaning out my inbox, cleaning it yeah. out and we are taking your questions. Um, and we're going to them all episode. That's what we're just going to focus on. So if you're looking for us to like, you know, we're not going to be breaking or boosting. We're going to be questioning and answering. Q and A. Um, so this should inspire you. I'm cleaning out the inbox. It means once we finish, I'm going to need more questions. So if you want to send us a question, um, head on over to brownambitionpodcast.com. Uh, click the tab that says Ask Us Anything. You can fill out a question right there. It goes straight to our inbox. Or if you don't trust the internet, you can just email us directly at brownambitionpodcast at gmail.com. I don't trust com- I don't trust those little boxes. Is that weird? Like, you don't. I, I don't like them. <laughs> I don't think I they're do. ever going like to get them. there. <laughs> I like it. Well, this is what I see people do because I, you know, I have um, – uh, a contact me box for like my on um, my website and people will because you typically have to type in your email they'll constantly like misspell their own email address so when you hit reply it bounces back and i'm like oh like mm-hmm. now i have to try to guess like what the incorrect spelling was like oh you forgot it's not dot com c-o-n is dot com that's why it bounced back <laughs> well i don't oh, think yes. they don't deserve a question then they don't deserve an answer <laughs> take your time <laughs> Um, I, yeah, I just don't like not being able – I don't like not knowing who I'm emailing, like, their actual address so I can, like, send follow-ups. Maybe just because I'm a reporter and, like, I need questions. I need answers quickly. And I feel like the comment boxes it takes a while. You know it's going to get dumped somewhere. But um, you guys should know that I, I read every email and I read it, you know, well. And we pick the questions we think are most interesting. So your your questions will get read eventually. So, again, brownambitionpodcast.com or – Podcast at gmail.com to send us your questions. Let's get started. First question. Without further ado, tonight's first question comes from listener Nicole. Um, she says, this is my second question to you all. Okay, Nicole, you're just being greedy now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I've read your name, so it's too late. I got to answer it, but I don't know if I, I would have if I knew. You got that. You got that. <laughs> it's Okay. We're going to start charging on the third question. That's the trick. Um, Nicole says, I wanted to know if I'm allowed to open an IRA with an outside company like Vanguard or Fidelity if I'm already investing in my employer's retirement program. My job offers a 403B plan with a 3% match, but I'm not a fan of the company the plan is through. The funds aren't that great. However, I'm not giving up free money, so I invested enough to get the match to the 413B and a smaller amount um, into the into the Roth IRA. I'm going to roll over my old retirement accounts from previous jobs and considered opening an additional IRA through the same company, probably Vanguard. However, if I'm, I'm unsure if this is allowed and I heard that depending on the amount, I might not get the full tax-free benefit. Help. Help. I need to read that question again. So, Basically, I think she's super smart because a lot of people will blindly just invest in whatever their um, employer has, whatever plans that they have. Um, but she's made a wise decision. I think if you if you look at what actually your plan is invested in um, and you're not happy with what holdings or you're not happy with the diversification or the, you know, the historical performance of those funds um, and you want to invest outside of it, it's absolutely possible, definitely 100 percent allowed 
Um, and I, my first piece of advice would have been to say, you know, with that 3% match, you should definitely at least put in enough money to capture it for sure. Yeah. Um, which is, it looks like Nicole says she's already doing that. So that's like two smart things right off the bat. Um, she says, I'm going to roll over my old retirement accounts from previous jobs and considered opening an additional IRA through the same company. So it sounds like she's already opened a Vanguard account outside right. of her employment employment plan, her, four, her 403B plan. So she's already okay. got a side IRA and now she wants to consider um, rolling over old retirement accounts from previous jobs into that outside IRA. I'm not sure well, that's, if that's allowed, she says. Well, that's smart. I, I guess I thought that she was trying to open up a third IRA account. I'm not but she just yeah, I'm not sure. It's not really clear. Either she's has a second one and she wants to roll them over, or she she has a second one and she wants to open a third one, which isn't necessary. Like you should be able to roll over your previous employer's IRA just into the the IRA you've already opened. Yep. Through Vanguard. Because the thing is, if anyone, if you've switched jobs at any time, you're typically gonna have the one the your your retirement account that your your company has provided. And then if you switch jobs, you're not able to roll over your old job into your new job. You you would have to have an outside account, like a Vanguard or Ameritrade or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, rolling over and, and making sure, you know, some people think, oh, I could just withdraw my money and deposit it. No, 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 no. You know, you want to make sure that you, when you roll over, you allow the company. So you would call Vanguard and say, hey, I want to roll over. They're going to send you specific paper paperwork and their rollover for you because you don't want to withdraw the money and mistakenly increase your income, which would increase your taxes for the year. Yeah, um, I think you but have to d- deposit it within 60 days. Because mm-hmm. one time when I was switching jobs, they cut me a check for my, for my what was ever left in my, um, my 401k account and just mailed me a check. And I was like, Oh, okay, what can I do with this? And I almost just like put it in savings. Um, but luckily, okay. I had yeah, I'd ask someone, um, you know, for advice, and they're like, "Oh, no, no, no! Look into it. You have to deposit within sixty days, or you'll get taxed on it," which defeats the whole purpose of yeah. saving in those accounts. And it's heavily taxed. Not some old punk ten percent. No, no, upwards of like I think I got taxed like thirty percent, something crazy. Oh, when I took the money out of my of my um four hundred three b. When did I was you broke do that? Was- oh yeah, talk um, about that. Yeah, when I lost my job, I'd lost my job as a teacher. Uh, during the recession, um, because uh, my school was a nonprofit-based school and nobody was giving funds anymore, and so at the time, I like I had moved back home with my parents, got sick of that, moved on my sister's couch. She got sick of me and was like, "Girl, you got thirty days," and I was like, "No." Um, and so I was working on my business at the time, which was making zero dollars, and so I told myself, and I do not suggest this, um, but I told myself, okay. I'm going to take out the money from my, my 403B, which is my retirement account. And I think it was, I don't know, maybe like $40,000 or something or $50,000. Um, I think I vaguely remember getting like twenty-five dollars to $30,000. But they took a significant oh, amount of money. I know. They took a significant amount. But I took that money out and I told myself, this is your, your money for the year. You have a year to get the budget needed to a point where you can actually um, – make money to support yourself. If after this money runs out, the business is not making enough to support yourself, you have to go back and get a get a job. Go back to teaching and get a regular job. And so I literally was down to like my last hundred dollars and I started making money. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. But um yeah, I took the money out of mine and it was a significant amount of money. And I regret it, honestly. I mean, well, I mean, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I mean I'm I guess I kinda regret it, but then I wouldn't maybe maybe the budget needs to would not be what it is now. But I lost so much money and honestly I wasn't able to like I just recently started within the last maybe five years and I'm 37 started contributing to a, um, a retirement account and so I've lost a lot of years yeah it's so it's so tempting you know when, when I was growing up when I had heard about 401ks and by the time I became a financial reporter to me like just from learning from the context people would usually talk about a 401k I was like oh that's that thing you dip into when you can't afford stuff <laughs> <laughs> Because that's the only time I ever heard someone mention it was like, oh, yeah, I got to dip into the 401k again. Like usually around the time the car breaks down or, you know, you can't afford this or whatever. Um, Not going to name names. But anyway, that was the context. So I 
like my first job, um, not my first job, but my first job I was laid off of way too soon to even understand like what their 401k system was. But my next one um, was up for a startup and they matched 100% up to 5% of your contributions. I didn't even know enough like to, to even do that. Like I think I worked there, I worked there at least a year and a half and I didn't contribute a penny to my 401k. And I think one time just for fun and to torture myself, um, I looked at what I would have made if I had just put in like, you know, 100, 200 bucks every paycheck and let that grow. And it wasn't a, it wasn't an insignificant sum of money. It was definitely five figures. Um, and that kind of stung, but I learned from my mistakes. You know, I thankfully I got into this job. Um, and I, I would say I started just to encourage if anyone's out there and thinking, you know, I'm 23 and I barely make enough money to afford my rent. How can I possibly, you know, think about con- contributing to a retirement account? I really started contributing when I was 24. And I just started with my little, um, I think I started with like 6%. And then I worked up to 10% eventually. And I'm 29 now. Um, am I going to put my business out there? Okay, fine. So in the one and this is oh, this is even better. So this is this is the money that I've been saving since I was 24. Until last April when I left my job at Yahoo. So this is Um, from two jobs combined over just a period of, let's see, from 24 to 28. So four years, I have over $40,000. And not just that, that's only four years, but not just that, like the, I haven't touched that 401k since I left Yahoo. I have a separate, um, you know, retirement account through my new job. um, And I haven't rolled it over yet. I just haven't gotten around to it, but I haven't touched it. And I've gained like six to $8,000 just in the last, like less than a year since I left Yahoo, but just not touching it. And like, we had a great market this year. The market was like really rallying, Um, you know, unfortunately, some that had to do with our current president, Um, just a little (laughs) bit. Uh, But even before that, there was a great, like, I think this summer there was a rally sometime in August. Um, And yeah, so I haven't even touched that sucker since I left and I've made, I'm making money. And that is the beauty of compounding interest. And that is why I think that if you were me at 23, 24 and thinking you can't do it, just start, like, just start any, just start anything, you know, I, I, and set it and forget it, you know, like I did, I, I just put my money in target date funds. And yeah, people will say, well, that's not, you know, that's not really, they're not always the best idea. But hell, I wouldn't have $40,000 if I hadn't. I'd much rather. And two, like, like Mandy said, honestly, starting with, even if you start with 2%, and then what I used to do is when I first started, because I didn't have a whole lot, I, I said, okay, I can do 2%. And then every six months, I would bump it up a percentage, so I could barely feel it. And now, as an entrepreneur, I set aside, I think I'm setting aside, I want to say 20 or 25% of my gross income toward um, retirement. Because I feel, like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm behind since I just started, maybe like two or three years ago, starting to invest um, or put money aside for retirement. Um, but, you know, and sometimes, you know, that's what it looks like. And I don't mind. I live off of way less than half of my income because I'm... You know, because I, I started a little bit late and because I work for myself, you know, and I, I don't have somebody to match me. Um, but, you know, where you are is not always where you're going to be. So really, wealth is a habit. So starting with one percent jump from that. I remember one year when I was like, oh, I was able to jump to five percent. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, six, seven. And then I jumped to 10 and then 15 and then 25. So, you know, but if I never had started at one that I don't know that I would have ever made it to 25. So to answer um, Nicole's question, yes, you can roll over. Um, I, I'm assuming you're not asking to open a third account. You don't nece- you don't need to. You could just roll it over into your current Vanguard account, and um, and you should be good to go. Mm-hmm. Hey, BA fam! This episode is sponsored by State Farm. Are you a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. 
Insure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. But kudos for like looking for better and looking for more, taking advantage of that match and then looking for something a little bit better. Excellent. So you brought up, you're talking about your entrepreneurship in that first year when you were living out of your, off your 401k, um, Tiffany. So this next question is actually a great segue because it is for Miss Tiffany, Miss Budgetista. Um, she asks, and I don't have an, oh, T, her name is just T. Can you talk about how you took the leap to create your business? Did you always want a business and you pursued that interest or did you have the idea and interest first? I want the dirty details because I'm honestly sick of the rosy overnight success stories in which no one goes into the actual steps taken towards success. Girl, I feel you. Yeah, ain't no overnight, bitch. Um. <laughs> the good news is that Tiffany's got a great non-rosy overnight success. This is going to hurt. Yes, it was hard. Okay, so I was a school teacher, preschool teacher. Loved it. Um, and then recession hit, school closed. And it was kind of a, I, you heard the murmurings, but like really we got the news three days before the new school year. So it was really hard because um, typically in the summer, teachers don't work. You don't work, you don't get paid. So that September, as much as you don't want to go back to school, you're kind of like, yay, my check is coming. And we got to learn that, no, that's not coming ever. No more school. So I was like, yikes. Thankfully, I had money saved um, because I just was a saver. Um, but I had also made, like that summer, I made a big financial mistake. Um, or I think it was like the year before where I had invested with a friend and ended up $35,000 in credit card debt. So here I am, no job, a home that I bought maybe a few years before, $35,000 of credit card debt and $50,000 of student loan debt. So I was like basically like $300,000 in debt and no job. And I was like, oh, this is great. Um, so I, <laughs> I quickly, I know, exactly. So I quickly decided, like I spoke to, I was calling my sister, like, what am I going to do? And she was like, I think you should move back home. So I did. So I moved back home and I rented out my condo to a friend of mine, which was the worst mistake ever because I rented out my condo to him and he promptly uh, proceeded to like never pay rent. So here I was. Yeah. So I thought I was like, okay, I still, I, at the time I had about a year and a half worth of savings, which I was like, I should be fine. I rent out my condo, make a, you know, and then, and I think I was renting it out for like two or $300 more than what my mortgage was. And I said, I have my savings. I'm moving back home. I'm so smart. I'm so good. I'll pay down this credit card debt. So he proceeded not to pay. So I ended up still having to pay my mortgage, but, and not, so I was still, I was bleeding money for like a year until I was able to get him out. Um, and, and by then at, at some point I had to stop paying my mortgage, which was the hardest thing ever because I, um, I'd never been late on any bill ever. So here I was like, you know, uh, stop paying my mortgage. My house went into basically like pre foreclosure. Um, and I was living home and I was, I just turned 30 and I remember being like, wow, this is not flirty 30. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Because my parents, who are very Nigerian, were like, okay, well, so the rules are still the same. You have to be home by midnight. Oh, midnight at 30. That's the worst. Yo, I was like, are you kidding me? My dad was like, and you got to do the dishes on Saturday. And you got to, I was like, yo, my life could not get worse. But it could. Oh, but it could. Um, so, yeah, so I, I moved back home. It sucked. Um, my parents are awesome. And I didn't have to pay rent or anything. But still, the rules were still the same from when I was like 20. Not even like, you know, 15. Um, so I, and at the time I didn't know, I didn't have plans for a business. I just said, I didn't, I knew I didn't want to go back to a job. Truthfully, it's not that I had so much courage. It was, I was pissed. I was pissed and I was afraid because teachers don't lose their jobs. It's like being a police officer or, you know, like there's certain jobs that you're not supposed to lose. So I thought, well, why would I go back? There's no such thing as job safety. I had the safest job in the world and they let us go three days before the new school year. So I refused to enter the job force. So I was like stubborn, even though at all this debt and all this um, stuff that I was owing, I was able, I had to make a choice between, do I pay my mortgage or do I pay the rest of my bills? And so I decided to let the mortgage go, keep up with the rest of my bills from my, by paying through my savings. And I volunteered everywhere you can think of because I was trying to figure out what's the next stage. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so um, in volunteering, I always was the go-to person for my friends when it came to budgeting and saving and stuff. 
Um, and I thought I wanted to become an event planner, so I found myself um, volunteering at different nonprofits planning events. But while I was there, I ended up teaching, you know, the secretaries, the busboy, that this person, that person. Girl, that's not how you budget. This is how you do it. And people started asking me at the different places where I was volunteering for that help. And then the nonprofit would be like, well, can you teach that to our constituents? And so, especially in my city, Newark, where I, where I um, live and where I work, um, that I became like, you know, it, it started to get out like, oh, you need help with your budget? Ask that girl over there at the nonprofit. And one day my best friend, Drina, said, you should charge for that. I'm like, charge for what? And she was like, girl, you don't have any money. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I started charging people like 25 to 50 bucks to do their budget with them, which they probably did not want to pay. Like, well, girl, I only have 10. I'm like, we've been at it for three hours. $10. Um, <laughs> Wait, so Drina, who would one day become your PR rep. Yes, my publicist. Yeah. And so she, um, it was really hard, honestly. So I moved out from my parents' house and I moved in with my sister because I just could not take the rules anymore. And um, I stayed with her for about a year. I told, I told her all I need is a year. And I started making a little bit of money, like, you know, like maybe about 100 to $200 a month. And by then I had gotten my old tenant out and I had a new tenant. And so this is like, this was transformative for me in that my new tenant was paying my mortgage, which was like, well, how much my mortgage was, which is about 1200, no, less than my mortgage, which is about $1,200 a month. But by then I was so behind on my mortgage over a year behind, they wouldn't take any money from me. They were like, unless you have all the money and all the fees, we don't want any monthly amount from you. So I said, bet, you ain't got to tell me but once. <laughs> So that twelve hundred was my, that's what I lived off of. So my tenant was paying me twelve hundred, and I didn't give it to the to the mortgage company. They wouldn't take it. So I was living off of her rent money. So when people were like, "Oh, you got a business?" I was like, "Yeah, girl." Meanwhile, the business was paying me next to nothing. The rent money is how I survived, and um, and that's because so had, the foreclosure process it takes time, right? It can take like years sometimes. Yeah, it took like six or seven years before they finally took the house and foreclosed. No way. So for that long, I was like. But it, but I wasn't um, collecting for that long, like because um, I didn't have a tenant for that. I think I had a tenant for about two years. And when I was at my sister's, she um, the tenant was like, okay, I'm I'm buying a house and I'm moving on. And I was like, yikes! So I was down to my like my last like hundred bucks. And my sister was like, you know, you've been here for a year. You said three months. Uh, it's time for you to go. And I was like, I don't want to go back to mommy and daddy. So I took the money out of my 401k, my, my 403b, which is my retirement account. And I told myself, Tiffany, you have a year to make this business work. You've been working on it. Um, you've been volunteering, you've been giving, this was about 2009, 2010. You've been from 2008 to 2010, you've been doing everything for free. You have, you know, you have to do something. And so I took the money out and I moved out of her house. I moved into a room in Newark. And if you're not familiar with a room, that's where people go when they come home from jail and they only have $400 a month. That's what I was living in, in a room. Thankfully, a friend of mine, was like renting a room in this house in Newark, uh, a brownstone. And she was like, you know, the rest of the house is empty. You should rent a room here too. And because we didn't want like, you know, any felons to live with us, we filled it up with other women who were basically like, like we were struggling. And so it was a house full of awesome would-be entrepreneurs who could only afford about 500 bucks a month. That's how much our, my room cost to include like all utilities in your little room. So I was paying 500 bucks a month and I stayed in that room for like two, two and a half years. I already had a car that I had bought for four thousand dollars when I was like 26 27 I still had that same car up until last week last week um and um oh man I didn't tell you about a car anyway did I did I talk to we must have so yeah I just bought it like last I knew week. that so but I, I don't yeah I knew it you were you had picked out a car and you were gonna do it isn't it like a yeah. Lincoln or yeah 2015 Lincoln MKZ hey. but I'm talking about I just bought a car I've had the same car for over 10 years and so it was such a struggle because, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work. I mean, I was making it up as I went along. I'd gone to school for business and my master's, my um, my concentration was marketing. But honestly, I didn't remember that. I was a preschool teacher for 10 years and I'd gotten my master's in education. So that's what I was good at. I was good at teaching and everything else I made up along the way. I still make it up along the way. Um, it was hard. I used to cry all the time because I used to be like, literally every month I started at zero. Meaning there was no money on the board every month, meaning how these bills are going to get paid. And throughout the month, you know, I would get like a speaking engagement for $100 and then another thing for 200 another thing for 50 and somehow make most of my bills work. And then the rest I would roll over to the next month. So every month I lived like that for like almost three years of not knowing if I was going to be able to pay anything um, until 
the business started picking up after I want to say 2013. So after about three years in, it started picking up and I was consistently making about maybe I want to say maybe like $1,500 a month, enough to pay bills, enough to, you know, you know, I didn't have like extra, I didn't have a car note or anything like that. So enough to basically sustain myself. And it really wasn't until 2015 that I brought on help because I was like doing well enough. I was like, okay, you make a little something every month, you know, you could pay yourself and, but it was just me and I wanted to grow and I, I, I brought on help and I couldn't even, and at the time I had saved that by then I had squirreled away enough money to pay down my credit card debt. Um, I still had my student loan debt. It was in um, deferment. They had taken the house. So I didn't owe the 300, the 250 or whatever the house was worth anymore because they had taken it. Um, and Obama at the time had this like law where if they took your house, you know, they basically erased your debt and you didn't have to pay taxes on the debt that was erased. Um, so I wasn't debt free, but you know, it was just my student loan debt. And, um, I saved enough money to hire somebody for six months. Now it was, um, a previous intern and I told her, you know, I only have six months worth of pay, but if you come on board in six months, if we put this work in, we can make it work. And so she came on board and within six months, I mean, we quadrupled how much the budget needs to make, but that's recent in 2015. Mm -hmm. And then last year we made um, like quadruple that. And this year we stand to make about a million dollars this year. We've already made half a million this year. And so, but like, this is a new thing. This is years in, this is struggle. This is crying. This is by myself. Entrepreneurship is really lonely because it's your baby. You're a single mother when you are a single father, when you're an entrepreneur. And even though people help you, it's still your baby. And there's no guarantee that it's going to work. And I was not a pure entrepreneur. Some people are like, oh, I just worked on my dream. Yeah, girl, I babysat. I tutored. Um, I did I did all the stuff on the side to kind of fill in the gaps. Like I lived so simply. I couldn't afford groceries at one point. I used to wait till my parents were away at church and then go raid their freezer. Like, oh, they don't need all this chicken. Ain't nobody, don't nobody <laughs> even live here like this. God, I miss those I used, days. I used to go to events. Man, I used to go to events like, wait, they got food? And then we would go late and be like, so what you guys going to do with all this food at the end? Oh, you were because that we person. Need... <laughs> yeah. Not surprising. Where are all those Yahoo snacks you stole over the years? <laughs> I guess. Exactly. I used to, when me and Mandy used to tape in Yahoo, I used to be like, so where are the, um, <laughs> where Y'all had a dark chocolate cherry kind bars this week? Lame. <laughs> really know. disappointing. Really disappointing. I like those dark cherry chocolate. <laughs> So like, yeah, so it was, it was difficult and it was hard. And I would say it's really the last, I want to say two or three years that business has really done well. Um, but it was definitely not easy and it's still not easy, even though, you know, we do well in business. Um, it's still hard because, you know, there's still expectations to manage. It's harder now that as business does better, how do I manage, you know, my personal life as well as my business and making sure that Superman is, is good. And I still see my niece and my nephew and I call my sisters and I, you know, there, there's more things on my plate, but, um, I'm not broke anymore. And I'm the, yeah, the so one of the, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask, you know, $500,000, half a million sounds like a lot of money, but when you're a mm -hmm. business owner, you're also, you know, the more you grow, the more expensive it gets to run, I guess. And how are you sort of managing that? Like at the same time, keeping an eye to your profit while like trying to grow at the same time. So honestly, I was I wasn't. I was doing terrible until literally. I want to say we just hired. I had an accountant that I would see every quarter to do my my um my my taxes, but I knew something was off because the numbers will always be off. Literally, I just hired a new executive assistant, and she has her MBA in accounting because my accountant was somebody who was big picture. Whatever I gave to him is what he worked with. I said I need someone to look at the stuff I'm giving to him because I'm doing something wrong, and I was. I was accounting. I got a D in accounting. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> um, in, in college. And I was doing it all. I mean, I wasted so much, I mean, tens of thousands of dollars. And this is just recent. Like I said, I still make so many mistakes. So she, her name is Rachel, and I have been working through the finances of the business because running a business, I know how to teach. I could be the budgetista and I can manage my personal finances. It's totally different, your business finances. And I was getting it wrong. And it's so crazy because working with Rachel, I finally get to see what it feels like when people work with me with their personal finances and they're like, Oh my God, because that's what I feel like with her every day. So for the last two weeks, every day we've been like basically unearthing all of the mess that I've created. And 
just to see the light on the other tunnel. And I'm like, oh, oh, that's on the wrong line. And this is why I was paying too much in taxes. And this is why, and before, you know, if I hired somebody, I'd be like, ah, yeah, I guess we can afford to pay them $15 an hour. I didn't, I wouldn't know. Um, and I felt like I was making a ton of money, but I wasn't seeing it. And it's because I was accounting incorrectly and I was just paying out too much. And so, yeah, so that's still something so new to me. So entrepreneurship is constantly, it's hard because you're constantly um, evolving, but you have to want to. Every year I set aside a personal goal for the business. So this year it's all about get that money right, like behind the scenes. And so last year it was like, oh, we were opening up the academy. And before that it was like we had a Live Richer Challenge and that was that was the first time we did a challenge. And so every year we usually have, like I usually have a main project that I'm working on. And this year it's really all about the behind the scenes finances. And that's all you can do is try your best to do your best. And then when you, when you realize you're doing something wrong, um, ask for help. So what I would, what I would suggest to anybody who's wanting to be an entrepreneur is one, you have to be willing to be wrong all the time. Like we make mistakes all the time. Me and Sierra, my COO, she used to be my intern and now she's my COO. We giggle all the time. We're like, yo girl, we are a mess. That is not even the right email we're supposed to send out to our list of 300,000. <laughs> Or like we sent out a link and I'm like, the link's not working. Nobody checked the link. Darn it. Now we got to send out an oops email and then an oops on top of the oops email. And so those <laughs> things happen. <laughs> but you learn, one, not to take yourself so seriously. Two, ask for help. That was a mistake that I made that it took me too long to ask for help. Um, and now that I ask for help, it's, it's helped so much because we've grown so much. Um, if I would have asked for help, I could have saved uh, like I said, tens of thousands of dollars in taxes and the mistakes that I was making because I mean like at one point we paid an extra $30,000 in taxes because of a mistake I made Ooh. and I was like <laughs> did you get that back? No, because it wasn't a mistake that I could change um, mm. it was like the way you set up your business like if you're an LLC versus a, a S Corp like those di that differentiation matters when it comes to taxes and I I took it lightly and I didn't listen to my accountant and I waited too long to make the switch and he was like well you know the good news is you made the switch the bad news is you waited so long you owe the government 30,000 I was like wait beans 30,000 wait wait ducats <laughs> <laughs> but I can laugh about it because at the end of the day I'm healthy and I'm happy and you make mistakes and you do better but yeah entrepreneurship like I said I, I hope that I was able to illustrate that it has not been an easy road, but it has been so rewarding because I decided a long time ago to live a life of service. And when all else fails, I have it on my wall. You are living a life of service. So as long as I stay true to that, then the $30,000, the, the money made, the money lost, the mistakes made, they don't mean as much as long as I know that someone is being helped by the fact that I have this business. And I know that to be true. And so, you know, that that helps keep me moving because money doesn't, you know, although it's great, it, it doesn't it doesn't keep you warm at night. It doesn't, you know, like having more hasn't made me happier. You know, what's made me happier is family and foundation. For the longest time, I was by myself. I was working, working, working. I had no boo. I had to finally stop and say, Tiffany, what are you doing? Are you going to be a rich old lady alone? No kids, no boo. So I, I took a step back and I said, no, I'm going to open myself up. And now I have Superman and we're going to get married. And that means more to me. If that meant less money, because with I have to cook dinner. Well, I don't have to, but I, I cook dinner. We hang out. So that means that's less time for my business. Could I make more if I spent less time with him? Yes. But would that make me a better person or make me happier? No. So, you know, that's the part of entrepreneurship that to me is the hardest. It's the balance. But I say, you know, go for it, but go for it knowing that. It's not easy and that you don't have to be a pure entrepreneur, that you can um, have your side hustles on the side until your business makes money. I think that's really important. I mean, not just to hear the dirty behind like the, the success and all that, but just to to understand what someone went through to achieve their success and then decide for yourself, am I willing to do you know, certain things to achieve that level of success? And it's, it's, is entrepreneurship even something I can manage, you know? It's so mm -hmm. difficult. It takes so much of your life. You may not be in a place where you can sacrifice what it takes to sacrifice. You know, no. if you have children, if you, you know, if you have a, a parent that you're caring for, um, those types of things. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. A lot of times women are the people who that those types of responsibilities fall on. 
Um, so, and you know, not beating yourself up because, you know, oh, I don't own my own business or I, you know, maybe I want to, but I can't seem to get to the next level. Sometimes there's, you know, there's, there's personal things in your life that may be, um, maybe standing in the way, there's barriers standing in the way. And it's nice to hear, like, you know, it's nice to hear you say too, that you've made a conscious choice to sacrifice, but to an extent. Like you find yes. you've sort of figured out what you're comfortable with giving up and what you're not comfortable with giving up. Um, and still the trade-offs that I don't know if it's worth it. Like I'm 37 now and I'm like, dang, it, there's a possibility I might not be able to have kids, you know? And I'm like, dang, that's something that, you know, I didn't, I wasn't consciously trading in, but I'm like, yikes. I mean, we're trying, but it, there's no guarantee. You know, once you get past a certain age, it's just that much harder mm-hmm. to get pregnant. So that's something where I have to acknowledge like, dang, you know, like, you know, was that, was it worth it? You know? And I don't know. I mean, like, I mean, I never had like this huge urge until, and not even now. I mean, I want to have kids, but it's not like, you know, some women are like, you know, they, the mommy clock is ticking loud. And for me, it's ticking now, but it wasn't ticking at 31, 32, 35 even, you know? Um, So those are things that you have to like, acknowledge that you know i've learned this that you can't have it all don't let people fool you into thinking you're like oh i can have the you know have everything all at one time that's just not really true you know there's i always say there's certain levels there's like am i willing to to work at a hundred thousand dollar level that's a certain level of sacrifice then there's five hundred thousand dollar level type sacrifice then there's um you know, a million dollar level. Like I know for myself, I don't have a billion dollar level sacrifice in me. Like the level that it would take. I was just watching the Steve Harv, Steve Jobs um, movie. I don't, I don't, it, for, for me to get to a billion dollars, the level of sacrifice, I don't want to sacrifice that much. You have to acknowledge that you have to sacrifice something in order to get to certain levels. And you have to decide for yourself. I don't know what the number looks like for me, but I feel like I'm reaching it because I want to, I want to at least try to have kids. Um, and I want to like settle in a little bit more because I mean, like if, you know, if I make like a million dollars a year in business, typically I take home 30 or 40% of that, like as take home pay. And so I'm like, you know, 300,000 is good money, girl. I'm good. Like, you know, like I don't necessarily, you know, it'd be great to make 10 million, but if it means that I don't have kids for sure, I'm not willing to trade that in. And so just being very, you know, conscious about what that means. Even just that, you know, you saying that you take in 30 to 40%, that adds a whole other layer of like realism to it, to the, to the numbers, to like what you see when people say, you know, on my business, because I, I, I've gotten begrudgingly into that show, The Profit, with that guy who goes from business to business and like helping them. Like, it's just like how you were saying, like, the numbers are like, I'm making good money, but the numbers aren't adding up. What's happening? I never yeah. see it. And he goes in and he is like a serial entrepreneur and he helps them. Um, he helps them like look at their books and figure out what's and cut the trim the fat and like get on their, you know, get on a good footing. Um, and it's it, that's been eye opening for me to see that like you can be making good money, but you have to be realistic and not. It's just like and it, it's just like you have to tell yourself, well, I'm making this much, but really I'm making this much. And you have to sort of adjust to live that lifestyle. Like you're not like if you were living your five hundred thousand dollar lifestyle, um, that would be unfortunate. The budgetista would be <laughs> baroque. The budgetista wouldn't have a new car. I know. And honestly, the truth of the matter is I'm not even living like I, 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 I venture to say I'm living closer to like a fifty thousand dollar lifestyle, if that. And that's something too. Bad about myself. (laughs) No, but you know, but to me, that's not good because I. uh, I, It's sometimes you're. It's hard to break the, the the. What got you here is not what's going to keep you here or move you forward. And for me, I've been having a hard time. Remember, I was like, how many times did I tell you, Maisie? I'm like, my car broke down again. Enough for me to be like, come on now. Exactly, and because I was it because. Exactly, and it wasn't because I was trying to be cute. It was because. I was stubbornly clinging on to the 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 vehicle that brought me here. Like, right. but if I let that go, but that's what got me here. But that's what, you know, that that's what helped to create the environment that I live in now as far as a, a successful business. I was afraid that if I moved past that, that I was going to lose everything again and be broke back on the couch. It's like I couldn't let that go. And, you know, finally buying the car was like Tiffany. Like, I bought it cash. It was like, I think I, I bought it for twenty two five, twenty two thousand five hundred. 22500 and that didn't make a debt in my account. And but paying for that, it was so hard because I was like, oh my God, twenty-two thousand dollars is so much money, Tiffany. What are you doing? Meanwhile, Mandy, like literally my personal bills are under three thousand dollars a month. 
my personal like rent, um, insurance, like all like like the business of course is different, but for Tiffany, my like I live off less than I, I would I say I say about twenty five hundred dollars a month is how much my bills cost me. So I don't like I'm like Tiffany, you don't buy yourself anything. Like <laughs> I don't. And yeah, that's been that's been a, a struggle. It's being like Tiffany. It's to the point where you're making choices that put you in harm's way. Your car breaks down in a random place. What are you gonna do? You know, how is that beneficial? Spend a daggone money and get something that's not going to put you in danger. And so I love my car now that I was like, oh, it's all like, it's so crazy. I'm like, wait, does everybody have push to stop? People are like, where have you been? <laughs> oh, that's so amazing. Like your car, did it, you probably like, yeah. Do you have like a backward, like a um, rear camera now? Like the camera where you can see when you're backing up? Oh, so, it's like you're discovering it, it, the 21st century. <laughs> Yo, I still, like, when I'm in the car with Superman, I still turn around and look. He's like, babe, there's a backup camera. I'm like, oh, there is. And it, and it has park assist. I can't believe it. Ooh, like, that's you, nice. Yes. I mean, I'm telling you, it's it's fancy. It's it's what I call affordable luxury. I did my research because I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm not looking for a Range Rover or whatever, but I wanted something that was nice. It was going to last me a long time. Mm-hmm. I um, It only had, like, 11,000 miles on it. Um, even though like, you know, and of course I wasn't going to buy a brand new car because that's just a waste of money, um, for depreciation purposes. And so it's a 2015, um, like it was just well-maintained. It's black on black. It's just, honestly, I love it in that it's so nice to get in a car and not be like, come on, baby, start for me. Come on, start for mama. (laughs) (laughs) I am so happy for you. Actually, that's like the exact same thing. We didn't buy the same car, but we bought run the same price, same year, same mileage. Um, okay. Are we rubbing off on each other? I feel like this is happening. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, well, can, you need to you need to send a picture so I can put it on the on the on the website. I'm sure people want to see you in your hot ride. Um, yeah, I will. All this talk about balancing, though, and like you said, you can't have it all. I feel like, and this, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this question as our next question because I feel like it's like a good. Um, representation of a lot of the questions that we get from people um, with this is not the only person who's asked this um, and the gist of it is if I can find it again um, from a listener named Angela she says your podcast is wonderful from <laughs> your podcast is wonderful from pack panties to politics with mom <laughs> Angela now you're a loyal listener <laughs> I forgot we talked about pack panties <laughs> Honestly, I think it's nice that we forget what we talk about or else why we keep like the the amount of personal details in this show. Oh, Lord. Um, pack pot, pack panties to politics with mom. Um, I'm doing well in my career and I've changed positions in my company every two to three years to climb the ladder. Respect. Do you have any suggestions on work life balance that would include work, working out, family, social life and volunteerism? Thank you in advance. So she wants to kill it at work. Also have time to work out. Uh, have a family a social life and time to volunteer um when you figure that out please let me know and um give i will be your agent and i will make money off of you (laughs) that is a lot the holy grail but i feel like you have better work-life balance than i do because i'm like you know one you know you've been working out planning this wedding um, you know, working at work and killing it. Cause I sat next to your boss, Nick at your wedding and he, they just sang your praises. And so, so how do you do it? How have you been managing? Well, did I mention that the day after the wedding, I broke into uncontrollable sobs at a restaurant, <laughs> like in front of my friends. Um, no, I, I, I've managed it. I would say by prioritizing. Um, well, for one thing, like working out. Yes, I haven't, I, 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 let me, let me think, how have I done it? Um, cause I don't feel like I've always been the greatest at, at balance. I think, well, one thing I haven't been volunteering like I used to, like that's for sure. I've been giving money to causes, but I haven't been volunteering like I used to. And, and um, which makes me sad because a lot of the people at the wedding that, um, that you met and that have been my lifelong friends, I met doing, um, volunteer relief after Hurricane Katrina 10 years ago. And that was such a huge, um, impact on my life. And it's the reason, you know, traveling alone to Biloxi, Mississippi at, you know, 19 years old and um, volunteering with a bunch of strangers, that is like the that gave me the courage to do pretty much everything I ever have done before that traveling, moving to New York, meeting new people. Um, and so I love to get back to volunteering. I love I'd love to feel the sense of like when you were talking about the sense of service and like the mission and drive you have for your business and helping people. 
um, I've I crave for that feeling too. And I would say that my job gives me a little bit of satisfaction in that regard too, because being a personal finance reporter, I'm not like the budget nista level of giving people help and helping. But we do we are in service journalism. Like the stories that we write, the the assignments I do always are like, how can we help people today in our little small way? So that is like my own, I guess it's like my way of cheating and doing a job that makes me feel like I'm giving back and like a job that I'm good at. And I, and I am grateful for that. I, I, I was just talking to someone today about how like this, the fact that I get paid to write and to edit as my job and I can have a life like that is the ultimate dream if you're a creative person is to get paid doing what you like. Um, so I feel a lot of happiness and, and gratitude and that gratitude makes it possible for me to not mind working extra hard um, all the time. Um, but certainly, I, and I also think the fact that I had a long planning period for the wedding. We had another question from someone who wanted to le- uh, talk about the planning period for the wedding. But I've, I'm, I've, I'm sure you guys were sick of me talking about it because this is a long engagement. Um, and I think giving myself time and like starting early and doing, um, making all the big decisions right away, like the venue, the photographer, the caterer and getting that stuff out of the way and then like slowly building up small details over time definitely helped me like um, manage the wedding. So the wedding wasn't that huge a part of my life. It definitely became like my entire life the last, I would say the last month before the wedding. We were doing dance lessons. I was planning outfits with my sister. I was like planning guest lists and table assignments. All that crap at the end was insane. So the last month I haven't been the the best balanced, which is why I think I had that sort of like emotional release after the wedding. But luckily, that's not like the norm. And I think that's just because I give myself a lot of time. Like, um, and I've had to learn that too. I think um, one of the biggest lessons I've learned as I've gotten older is to when you set goals, like don't be unrealistic. Because if you set an unrealistic goal with an unrealistic timeline, all you're setting yourself up for is like disappointment and and struggle. So I would I would say I do that with like weight loss a lot. And even with career goals, like how many times when I was like 20 did I say, well, by 30, I'm going to be a millionaire and I'm going to have written a book and I'm going to be like, you know, an executive, blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's a crazy lofty goal. And, you know, you wake up, you have to wake up every day and be like, hmm, so I'm not an executive. I'm not a millionaire yet. Like I'm doing everything wrong. You know, that's it's it's too you're too, being too hard on yourself. And um, the same thing with weight loss. You know, my whole life I've struggled with um, my body and like losing weight I was really obese as a child and I would always do these things where I'd be like well I'm just going to go on a crash diet and I need to lose 40 pounds in the next like three months and maybe that would work and maybe it wouldn't Um, if it did work it wouldn't last Um, and if it didn't work I'd just be beating myself up so um, with the wedding I knew I wanted to be healthy but I was not killing myself to you know fit into any certain size dress or anything like that I just wanted to be like a good balanced version of myself. So it's it's been like a work in progress, I would say. I am really happy that the wedding's over now because while the wedding was happening, I was taking a lot less time for what I really want to do on my side time, which is to write a book. And I started Aww. writing, yeah, yeah. I'm telling hey. you guys, I told some people before, but I'm telling you guys now. Um, I've been working on a novel probably since... I would when was this Christmas time I started writing it in the airport in Chicago and I'm really excited about it and um as the wedding kind of got crazy I haven't touched this baby baby start to a book um I haven't touched it and now I'm really excited to like have more time to dedicate to that and um and uh as far as work goes like I'm grateful to have the kind of job that I mean, it's a startup and there's very few of us. So like I'm killing myself trying to get prepared so that I can like leave for two weeks. And that is really stressful. I'm sure you can relate like anytime like the budgetista doesn't run without the budgetista. So you if you want to take time off, right, you have to like do the work in advance or figure out what's going to happen. So that's been difficult. But at the end of the day, I work with great people and they understand they understand uh, the importance of, you know, time off and, and like, you know, that sort of balance um and that helps me too so in a lot of ways it's like yeah I've taken conscious effort to like have a balanced life but then I've also been fortunate to work for someone and for a company that isn't trying to run my life and you know work me into the ground um and then I get to do a job 
that I like doing. So I feel like those are two things that aren't necessarily in my control that I've been fortunate enough to um, be blessed with. And I, I, um, I did an Ask the Expert because uh, for the Literature Academy, every um, Sunday we do Ask the Expert. And last week's expert was, an, uh, he talked about creating abundance and balance. And he said something that actually I thought was like really insightful. He said that um, people mistaken balance, meaning that everything is hovering around like, like you think about like, you know, like one of those, um, like a, a ball on a string. And then the ball is in the middle always. That's what balance looks like. And he's like, no, sometimes balance is for the next month, I'm going to not do as much of, you know, I don't know, volunteering, but I'm going to work on my wedding this month. Mm-hmm. And then once it's over, I'm going to stop wedding stuff and I'm going to volunteer. And when the volunteering is a little slow, I'm going to stop that and work on Zumba. When Zo- so I thought like, you know what? I didn't think about that. He was like, you know, balance doesn't mean everything is hanging in this precarious position in this perfect like alignment. No, it means that sometimes you're surging in one place. So meaning that you have to kind of save in another, you know? And so I'm like, oh, so it's more like, it's like working in things in harmony that you might be a 10 someplace. So that means you're a one here and that's okay. And then you're one, you know, in that same place where you, where you were a 10 and now you're, you're a five someplace else. And so just learning that all things don't have to happen at the same time that, you know, because it just makes you crazy. And honestly, I've gotten so much better. Like when I was at your, your wedding, you know, um, I didn't really do that much budget needs to work because I've gotten so much better, which I was terrible at, at, um, letting people do what I've hired them to do. I used to do everybody's job. I got it. I got it. Oh, I got it. Mm, yes. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> you know, so I can do it better. No, it's like, better. It's quicker if I just do it. <laughs> exactly. You're right. I used to think that like I wouldn't do it like that. So I've learned to be like, well, if you want it a certain way, show them. And so what I've gotten good at is I like Sierra was like the best hire that I could have ever gotten because hiring her, she's hired other people who are equally as amazing. And so they're actually better than me at the thing that, you know, that I brought them on for. And so it allows me to relax like Tiffany, you don't have to worry about customer support anymore. Stop doing your, I don't do my emails as much anymore because, you know, I'll never make it to a Brown Ambition taping if it wasn't for I can for tell Michelle. when it's not you, though. I'm like, mm, Tiffany wouldn't respond so politely. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally tell when it's not you. I'm like, mm, hey, whoever yeah. you are, thanks. <laughs> exactly. Because girl, I'll be like, wait, I'm supposed to take, you know? And so <laughs> having folks like knowing that like I could enjoy, like I honestly could say I enjoyed Savannah and I checked in a little bit, but everything ran like a well-oiled machine. They didn't need me. You know, I'm, I'm more and more, I'm getting good at just doing Tiffany tasks. Like, okay, I'm the one who has to speak. You know, I'm the one who has to prepare the presentation, but I don't have to answer emails about like, hey, are you free on Tuesday? No, let, let Michelle do that. I don't have to manage all the staff. No, that's what Sierra is for. I don't do the marketing piece, but but we all get together. Like today I had like uh, one-on-one calls with all the staff just to check in on them. So it's not like I'm just like leaving it like flapping in the wind. No, we're constantly in communication, but I've learned to, part of my balance is to learn to let other people do what I hired them for. That's something that we've touched on in couples therapy, actually. I mentioned that we did like some premarital counseling and by the way, I got a little text from my counselor saying, congratulations on the wedding. That was really surreal for me. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, honestly, I got in this really bad habit of um, being like, well, I have to do everything. I have to do everything. I have to do this. I have to do that. I'm responsible for this and this and that. And, um, you know, I was sitting across from my, you know, Enrique, now my husband and this therapist. And they were like, wait a second, who said you have to do everything? Um, have you thought about asking you know, your partner for help or letting him know when you need something. And I'm like, well, if he would just take too long or he doesn't know how to do this or blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and not ah! only am I hurting myself, but I'm hurting him. It's like a lack of trust, a lack yes. of, um, um, well, trust, you know, you do trust someone, but it's like a lack of like um, faith. And yes, maybe if I just let, if I, you know, he won't cook the chicken perfectly and it might be a little crunchy. And like the, you know, the broccoli maybe not cooked all the way through if I let him cook dinner tonight. But like, geez, if I could save half an hour and eat some crunchy hard broccoli, like that's okay. He feels good because he's helped. And I have, you know, have 45 minutes to tape a podcast. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. And, and we're I, so good. At that. Like, oh, I got it. Okay, I'll do it. Yeah. And they're like, you know, 
before you got here, I, I actually brushed my teeth and, and like took baths on my, you know, like I'm able. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why women think that men can't do anything. Like, you know, before I got here, you know, I actually put on my clothes and tied my Sometimes own shoes. Sometimes that's hard to believe. Today I set out a fresh toothbrush for him. I'm like, I set you a toothbrush. And I was like, wait a second, who am I? He can find his own damn toothbrush. I'm like, do you really think he's not going to find a toothbrush? Well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> you have to. Ch- I have to check. Even now, I'm not. Per- I have to check in with myself when I'm being a control freak. And I haven't mentioned the MVPs of the wedding. You know, it wasn't just me. My sister, God bless her, was everything. And my mother, at the last, you know, the last month, my mother was like, Mandy, hi, I'm your mom. Why haven't you asked me to do anything? I don't understand. Um, and she's retired. And I'm like, I don't know. I thought you were busy. She's like, doing what? I'm retired. <laughs> Um, she's like, dying for me to ask her to help her ask yeah and um it's once- like the biggest day of her life like weddings for your daughter are like the biggest day like li- this i've been waiting my whole life for this she's Why like, am i, not I in would the game? love <laughs> nothing more than to go to hobby lobby and pick out 39 floating candles for you because we need those <laughs> um and the minute i started asking for help with the wedding and just gave people trusted and especially the day of when you really just need to focus on getting your head right like my girls and my family really gave me that space and um, so it's it's just a combination of things and your support team, I would say I in my twenties I really prioritized relationships and my career and I'm really grateful because um I've built up these great friendships and the kind of friendships where when things do get out of balance, when I when work is taking over or I may have a family, wanna have kids, I'm not gonna have to look around and feel alone. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna feel like there's not gonna be anyone waiting for me. Uh, or worrying about me or wanting to be around me and hang out with me um, when I come up for air from this because I've taken the time to build those relationships and I've and those were you know and and that's why I was so emotional off the wedding is after the wedding is just feeling all that love and that those you know those friendships that we've I've been blessed with and um, but that took work and and I think it's worth it I think it's worth it to spend time and make things happen with your friends and um, build that foundation and that just is you know it's just icing on everything else it makes me happier and and um and so I wouldn't I definitely wouldn't discount the friendship side of things a lot a lot of times we focus a lot on the romantic like you know build mm-hmm. you know get a boo get get married you want that you want kids but like friendships man I mean I wouldn't be anywhere without my friends and um and I encourage anyone out there women men to cultivate those relationships so that you're not putting you know you're not depending on just that one person um, or child for, you know, your, um, your relationship, your fulfillment in that way. Mm, no, I mean, so much knowledge today. So much you know, knowledge. This is what you get when you ask us questions. Just like, where do we even start from? How have we ended? This has been really fun, though. I'm glad we took some time yeah. and answered some questions. I feel like we should do it, do it, do it again. No, I like that. I feel like we have to have a lot of, a lot of these in queue because, the questions are really insightful and we're just happy that you guys want to ask us stuff because, you know, who are we? <laughs> Brown <laughs> you know, ambition. Not... Brown I, I... ambition. Right, so but, you know. this will be the, this will be, yeah, I guess this is it. I'm honeymooning on Friday. I know. That's so crazy. It's so crazy to think like it's going to take me a while to like realize that you're married. Like that's like when people have kids for the first time. I remember when it finally hit me that um. My best friend, Drina, had a son. Like, meanwhile, by then he was like one and he was in her stroller. <laughs> and he said something like, mama. And I was like, yo, that's your son. She looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, all this time, you know, I've been treating it like there's, there's this kid she always brings with her. Like, but like, no, like that is, <laughs> that is the fruit of your loins. Like, I was like, oh my God, that is her son. It just takes a minute. Like when I see my sister with her two kids, two kids. Now you're a mom meanwhile, with two kids, man. I know, yo, that is insane. But it's so cute to see them together because her son is one and a half and like he's he's the loud one and the baby, she's a girl, she's the quiet one. And he, because he's always so loud, they're always teaching him, shh, be quiet around the baby and whispering. So he thinks that the only way, I guess, to talk to the baby is whispering, but he doesn't speak yet because he's only one and a half. So mm-hmm. whenever he peeks in the crib, he goes, and it's so cute. Like he, you can tell he's trying to figure out what exactly she is. So like, you know, because it's like, wait, she doesn't look like me because I'm big, but she doesn't look like my mom. And so, but he'll look at her hands and her feet and be like, wait, these things look familiar. Like I have hands and feet. So he'll touch them and say, 
wow wow it is so cute it's like now i'm like i'm like i want a baby until oh the ovaries screaming. are lit yes yeah, lit until he starts <laughs> screaming and crazy and i'm like i'm out yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah. It is like life, man. Life, life. I, I feel. I don't feel different, but I definitely feel there was something. I, I, you know, I something did definitely shift with the wedding, where I, and afterward, where I definitely feel like, God, I have a lot to be grateful for, and life is good for the, you know, and you know, and it hasn't been that way all the time or like in a while, but I definitely feel a sense of like gravity and gratitude um just for everything you know just yeah just for everything and i feel a lot and and in that way i feel like a little bit older um that i feel more as i say you get older and you feel more like love and self-love and self and self-appreciation and that i can definitely feel those like blocks shifting into place and it feels pretty damn good but i will not rest until i write that book that is my goal good let me you know if you don't hear from me and if you don't hear me mention it in a while be like mandy where's that book at though um but yeah so but until then honeymoon honeymoon first book later maybe i'll write on the honeymoon who knows maybe i'll eat cheese all day um in italy but by the time you guys hear this episode i will be gone so wish me bon voyage bon voyage so have an awesome awesome trip and i will speak with you soon okay i can't even go that high i I cannot i cannot The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.